0: You're listening to Utah Golf Radio on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. It's
1: nine
2: o'clock on a Saturday. Nine o'clock on a Saturday. That means Utah Golf Radio Radio coming at you live today from the intergalactic headquarters of Utah Golf Radio. The... The mothership, the uh, studios, downtown studios of ESPN Seven Hundred. Nine
3: o'clock. That's typically when Wes gets out of bed.
2: I know he was. <laughs> well, the wait, fact what? that he's here, <laughs> we're so glad to have him here. And you're right. Friday night, I was not working at ten thirty last night, yeah. <laughs> but Wesley, you were. There were some things going on last night. Yeah, you think?
1: <laughs> when he came in, he asked, "How did I get here?"
2: <laughs> exactly. Not not quite sure. Okay. Um. The uh, so uh, what we're doing that you heard Randy Dodson, Wesley Ruff. We also, we have Kurt Craigthorpe with us, three legends of the Utah game, legends in Utah sports, and we're all uh, here today in the studio, uh, going deep on the top ten stories of the year as compiled by Randy Dodson and Fairways Magazine. You've you've seen these already because uh, they've been emailed to you in, a, in an edition of Fairways eighteen. So this is no big reveal, but we're uh, we're talking about them and uh, and uh, going deep, like I say.
3: We did compile them, but it, you know, as we mentioned earlier, this is a list that is voted on by golf administrators and all of our golf writers in in Utah um, to put this together, and uh, we're very much appreciative of their help, and especially Kurt, who wrote all the stories. Um, we we've been writing Kurt. In his retirement, pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt,
2: in retirement, this is a funny thing to me because, <laughs> because I, I see him more now. Now, maybe it's because, because he's doing exclusively golf at this point, but he, he retires. Whatever that means, and now he's just working more and more. Kurt, we're so glad you're with us, though, and so glad I, you're doing
4: this. I, I'm inspired by Daniel Summer Hayes, who says he's no longer using the words retirement or comeback. Okay, so,
2: <laughs> fair enough. I'm
4: just I'm just going to take whatever the next day brings. We hope your wife is on board with this uh, lack of retirement.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And well, uh,
1: don't you when you go, when you uh, work, don't you normally retire and you play golf? So, your golf reti- your retirement is essentially golf related, exactly. So, it's good enough
4: that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that all works
2: out. Um, we have been through the, the uh, stories number 10 through number six. Quick recount: uh, number 10, Nibley Park's 100th anniversary, number nine, Justin Schluker wins the City Am and the City Open in the same year. Number eight, the Utah boys win the Junior America's Cup. Number seven, University of Utah and Brigham Young University both make the NCAA finals. Number six, Zach Jones wins the State Am. Um, Let's go on now to number five. Mike Weir is named the President's Cup captain. This is a story that I think will keep on giving to us for the next couple of years for sure. This is for the 2024 Presidents' Cup, which will be contested in Mike Weir's home country of Canada at Royal Montreal, which is the uh, course where he took down Tiger Woods in the two thousand seven. seven. Thank you, two thousand seven. Uh, Presidents' Cup, uh, lots of history, lots of connections here. Um, I was a little surprised this wasn't higher up the list, but it is on the list and it's in the top 5 and it uh, it is a meaningful meaningful story Randy Mike Weir named the president's cup captain
3: yeah, there there's a lot of um, there's a lot to unpack if you really go into going back to 2007 if correct me if i'm wrong but he was a captain's pick he was totally a captain's that pick that year yeah. so Gary Player um, Gary, Gary Player was
2: the was the uh, the captain Mike Weir was a captain's pick he was not an an automatic that is to say, one that was he was a bit of a surprise. Let me say it that way: a bit of a surprise pick because he was ranked. I'm, I'm going to say somewhere around uh, 17th to 20th in the world at the time. He wasn't. He wasn't right. Right there next, but being played in Canada and Gary Player saw something, and Gary Player was right because it, when it came down to Sunday, Player put we're around against Tiger Woods, and then we have that legendary result that everybody knows.
0: What took so long for this story to happen?
2: That is a really— I I
0: thought for sure after he was assistant with Nick Price that he would be—I thought he'd be the next one, but I could see Ernie Els, captain, and and Els had um, Weirzy as his captain's assistant. And I thought for sure he would be the next one. And then they picked Trevor Immelman. I'm like, wait, what? Why wouldn't you have Weir?
2: Well, it— that that is very interesting, and, and I've I've wondered about that myself. I I've I've wondered if location had something Maybe. to do with it that they knew they were going Maybe. back to Canada. Uh, Immelman, a very international player from uh, South Africa, of course. The last the, you know the Presidents Cup uh, was was uh, contested, of course, here on American soil. But it uh, it they they had they had Immelman, but you're right. Uh, Weir has been an assistant captain three times. Mm-hmm. To Price, Ells, and Immelman, but having him do it when they go back yeah. to Montreal, I I don't know. That's just it's poetic, Kurt. It just seems to fit.
4: Yeah, and that's and, and uh, that's my uh, <laughs> rationalization for not voting at higher than I did. That it was so automatic that uh, it didn't qualify as as huge news to me. But in the ensuing two years, it w- it will uh, rise to the level of Maybe, maybe by 2024 it'll be our number one story, if, particularly if the team performs well mm-hmm. in that s- September. Because they haven't performed very well. It's it's hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: they haven't. Yeah. They've only won it once, once right? Yeah. And uh, they, but but they 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 put up a really good fight this last time, um, and had some compelling stories. Of course, Tom Kim lead among them, but. Uh, yeah, the, the international team has a steep hill to climb. There's no question. And another Utah uh, connection through all this is that it's reasonable to expect that Tony Finau will be on that President's Cup team in 2024.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's made every team for the last four or five years, and, and so definitely expect him to to be in that uh, strata, especially with the live golf aspect, Right, uh, thinning out the – It feels like you,
0: Randy, me, Paul, Jan, we should all go. It feels like we should all go cover oh, this.
2: Okay, so
3: <laughs> I actually
0: right. Yeah. I, we
2: should I, be there.
3: I I, I all I, expense paid by Wesley. <laughs> <Ruff>. <laughs> by Wesley. Wait, Ruff. Wait,
2: exactly.
1: Wait. Wait. Uh, how about this? I'll get sponsors. Okay.
2: Okay. No, I, right. I I actually I actually have already tried to do a hotel reservation. The systems it's too far out, and the systems mm. won't let you do it. And I tried to start the process on on media credentials, mm. and uh, Tracy Veal at PJ Tour Media, who is so kind and patient with me. She said, "Just take a breath, Paul. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, it'll it, it's it'll come. We'll get you there." <laughs> I,
3: in the arc of Mike Weir's career, this seems like um, a natural, right? It I mean, does. It I, does. I, I guess he, you know, he's won on the Champions Tour or the PGA Tour Champions. Um, he needs a Champions Major. Yeah. In, yep. in that resume list of of career arc. Um, you don't want to say oh, I said nail in the coffin because he's got a, you know, he's yeah, got more hopefully. years to play yeah. for sure. But um, good for him.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and w- interestingly, we had him on the show the week prior to the announcement. And um, uh, we were saying, so, Mike, when you're the the President's Cup captain, uh, you know, tell, tell us what you think about that. And he goes, well, you don't know, and it's if I ever am President's <laughs> Cup captain. It turned out that he knew darn good well <laughs> <laughs> that he was going to be President's Cup He's
0: well-liked, right, by the other players. Yes, he's gonna, I think yes. he's going to be a great captain Absolutely. for the international team.
2: Absolutely, he will be. Story number five, Utah golf's top stories of the year. Mike Weir is named the President's Cup captain. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show that we would be talking more about Blake Tomlinson, uh, and we've, we've got to do that now. Story number four. Uh, Blake Tomlinson wins both the Utah Open and the Provo Open. And I like, Kurt, the way you you led with this in your story, that Blake Tomlinson, a Salt Lake City kid, saw, he went to Skyline High, a University of Utah kid. He goes down to Utah County and uh, cleans it out. He wins the Provo <laughs> Open and the Utah Open. Same year. Story number four. This was pretty cool.
4: Yeah, first of all, we, we should have given Blake more credit in the context of the U of U golf team getting to nationals because he clearly was the leader of, of that team Absolutely. And, the, and the top performer in the regionals. And and so that's that's a great part of his legacy. I mean, I mean, he's the guy that got Utah back in the NCAAs after 34 years. And so that was a great conclusion to his college-slash-amateur career. And then uh, the, the Utah Open was cool because we, we knew Blake from – being the runner-up in the previous two state amateurs, right. and uh, so the fact that he was able to finish this off in Provo with three eagles in the in the final round at Riverside was cool. And <laughs> let's and just it,
2: pause on. Let's <laughs> say that yeah. again. Three eagles in the final round, and and he started off. He made eagle on number one.
4: Yeah. And <laughs> well, and that's what was cool about. It. I mean, guys like Blake can make eagles on par fives routinely as he did in the Provo open when he made made 4 right. in the second right. round Jeez. at Timpanogos. but but what was cool about the the eagles at riverside is two of them were basically 50 yard shots mm-hmm. and uh one on number 1 and one on number 16 mm-hmm. at a at a critical moment and uh so yeah and again we talk about the the ascent of these guys from junior golf to college golf to pro golf and and what what that whole life is like, and and twenty eight thousand dollars that Blake won in those two tournaments is significant. I mean, that's that's seed money for your pro career, which which he's going to try to launch by playing in the PGA Tour Canada qualifying, which will probably be in February, and uh, and just try to go from there. But it it, it it you have to spend money to make money in <laughs> golf, basically. <laughs> and uh this this got him started but but i i just everything about it and and blake definitely enjoyed the fact that he was winning these tournaments in provo <laughs> sure he, 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 he helped with <laughs> yeah, that story sure angle <laughs> and but to, but see him finish these things off and and do it so spectacular i mean the Provo Open might be the most underrated story of the year.
2: Oh, this was my favorite round of the year. This this uh, heavyweight slugfest between Blake Tomlinson and Danny Summerhays in the the, the final round of the Provo Open. Um, they stood toe to toe and just pounded each other for the whole final round. Danny Summerhays goes into it a stroke back, shoots sixty five. And loses ground it was amazing
4: yeah and 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 they shot uh 62 and 63 i think in the second round and and danny made like back-to-back eagles on on his last two holes of that round and and uh and so I i remember looking at the live scoring and saying wow that's an incredible round uh and then a couple hours later, you see Blake's hole by hole, and he's got four <laughs> eagles out of the four par five five par fives on on Timpanogus. Provo Open was moved back this year, right? Because
0: it was always played yeah, in May. Yeah, it was right. Back in the day, it was in
4: September. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so Blake had that. I guess, yeah, it was almost exactly a month of uh, of those six great rounds in in Provo and. So yeah, that was that was cool to see. And again, kind of capped a, a great twenty twenty two for him.
2: surely did. Um, randy, we we talked a little bit about the uh, uh, earlier in the show about how the city opened, the Salt. excuse me, the city am, the Salt Lake City Am, uh, pretty much broadly viewed as as the the second biggest amateur tournament in the state. Um, and there's been a little bit of a conversation of what constitutes a, a, a grand slam in Utah golf. I think the Provo Open has to be right there as a part of that for for the pro side. I
3: yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think we were at Bonneville with yeah. a lot of players when we were saying, what are the top five?
2: Yeah, and Zach Johnson was in that, that yeah. discussion, and, and Chris Moody was in that discussion, but... But to me, the Provo Open really jumps forward, especially when you look at the list of people who have won the darn thing. It includes sure. Billy Casper for crying out yeah. loud. Yeah. And I Bruce Summeray. Bruce Summer, <laughs> what, Yeah. <No>. What doesn't?
3: <laughs> I mean, if you take into consideration the Utah Open, the two, you know, the City Open and the City Amateur, and of course, I always put the Stadium first. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe interchangeable with the utah section pga's utah open um but you know history wise you you, for longevity you put state amp first then utah open um provo open city open salt lake amateur and then there's your majors i think
2: so I, i i think that's the list and and i i agree with that uh but part of the point here is to win the to, on on your lifetime resume to have the Utah open and the Provo open that's really special that's good stuff do it in the same year like Blake did that's pretty cool and especially because of the change in schedule within a 6 week period <laughs> and i and cool. to the,
4: the, the, to bolster that point about the Provo open with the significance i i remember being amazed when i looked at the the scoreboard that day to see that the first place prize was $8,000 that's a lot of money for a Section type event, and uh-huh. and so that that in itself has to raise its its stature.
2: And and I, I really enjoyed how uh, Blake was willing to talk candidly about what this money meant to his continuing path. Uh, it it is expensive and hard to it's hard to get into these qualifying tournaments to to get yourself on uh, some tour status of any kind. And it's expensive to do that, in and it requires to the travel. In, in addition away, to all that, yeah, I think
3: uh, Kyler Dunkel has now made the decision not to chase it anymore. He has. Um, yeah, it takes a lot.
2: It takes an awfully lot. So, story, <clears throat> story number four: Blake Tomlinson wins the Utah Open and the Provo Open, and in the process, adds to these Utah majors that he's won: the City Open and the City Am, and then. Heartbreaking. Uh, he'll never have a chance to close the deal on the. I think the, he's okay on the state <laughs> He's okay,
3: but uh, I, I don't think we can leave him without mentioning. and Now I can't remember Kurt if it was the city amateur or the city open that he made the hole in whole one. one on oh, number eight. in a sleet. Yeah, it was raining, and yeah. he drove the number eight. I think it was that. I, one of the coolest shots I've ever witnessed live. You were person. there for I was it? there. Oh, yeah, wow, just—I cool. I was, I was just like, on the course, It but... just happened, you know. And <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, you did an interview with him on your phone yeah, and sent which, it to me, and we ran it on the air he, <laughs> before he
3: teed off <laughs> yeah. on the next hole. I was he, bund- he was all bundled up, had
0: that yeah. hat on, and...
2: <laughs> which he birdied. So on he, hole number eight at Bonneville, hole number nine at Bonneville, and we all know hole number nine has some numbers waiting on it. He goes one, two. He plays eight and nine <laughs> in a total of three strokes. Crazy, unbelievable. <laughs> um, and and one other thing before we totally leave Blake and and uh, uh, that he he came so close to a career grand slam, uh, having been a, a finalist, losing in the finals, a runner-up two years in a row to at teammates. the stadium <laughs> to teammates. He lost to to Mitchell Scow at Jeremy, and then he lost to Martin Leone at Alpine. But he etched his name in the most interesting of short lists. Um, Other player, the other player who was runner-up in the State Am two years in a row without winning it, the great Basketball Hall of Famer Arnie Farron. And uh, Blake Tomlinson, Arnie Farron. To good university. company. Yeah, good company. <laughs> and they they, they, they were runners-up two years in a row. Anyway, Blake Tomlinson wins the Utah Open and the Provo Open in the same year. Story number four. So while we are talking about Grand Slams, let's go to story number three. And, Kurt, this is really a compelling story. Story number three, Tess Blair completes the Women's Slam.
4: And i credit you with uh, putting this on our radar that uh... – that this achievement was possible, but I, I go immediately to the end. And, and I think we got to go back a lot of years to find a more dramatic winning oh. shot, <laughs> literally hurt his or her last shot of the tournament best to, I've ever to, seen. to win and to, to receive the Good for Utah trophy from Wesley Ruff himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: I'm
4: cool. Too, that's a big part of it.
2: <laughs> I, I want to I get a trophy from Wesley someday. That'd
3: be cool. How cool was that, though, to be there at, at Thanksgiving <laughs> it was, point? It was shocking, wasn't it? I mean, we all
1: thought. She was well, shocked. Well, first, yeah. we, need, yeah.
0: we need to back up a little bit because yeah. she had the lead, and we were on the course, and the, scoring, the live scoring was behind, right? So we thought she had the lead, and then we, Randy and I, jumped to 18, and you were already on 18, I think, Kurt, and we got to 18, and suddenly found out that she was trailing, or was tied. Right? Was tied, tied. right? With, with the pro from um, from Colorado, Bryce Ray, who, yeah. who had a spectacular right. final right. round, and then she, that second shot she hit that had no chance of Yeah, we were we were standing above the green, and she was so looking down from Thanksgiving Point. She was on, would would be the her left side of the green, right?
4: Yeah, left side of the green, our, our right, right, right side, side of the fairway, yeah. yep. and.
0: And just an impossible putt that had to ride the ridge and then break downhill, and we all of us were like, "There's no way she's going to stop that thing. That, that thing's going off the green."
3: Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know if it was you, Kurt, or Jesse that walked off. I did. Yeah, yeah it was 50, fifty feet. Fifty feet. Fifty feet, and,
4: yeah. and
2: it's not just some fifty feet. It was snake. It, it, yeah and, it's a and, massive it, break right an incredible break and breaks in in different directions up and down left to right and not it was left 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 to right 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 i actually went back out there that night <laughs> how <laughs> many how many man. times <laughs> that puck cannot ever be made i wanted again. to do it that cannot yeah. be made how many times did you try it? oh i don't know i was there for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah uh, and and look i i got it within four or five feet a couple times um No, that was that was the most impossible putt. And look, when when Johnny Miller designed the greens at Thanksgiving Point, he purposefully put uh, sectors on the green. And if you're on if you're on the wrong sector, you pay a price. So a green in regulation at Thanksgiving Point is only the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, (laughs) she was on the wrong sector of the green, and because Wesley, you're right. Her second shot into 18 was not a great Mm -hmm. shot. It put her in a bad place. And the part of this
3: story here was just the look on her face when she yeah. made the punch. Her she reaction. Looks over to dad, going. Ah. It's it's but, typical Tess when yeah. she does things like that that she's almost embarrassed. She <laughs> yeah. covers her mouth. She just and put her hand over shocked. her mouth. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean so she so chipped she, in during her state am at Bonneville. You know. On eight, yeah, and did the same thing. She's like, "Oh, I had no business <laughs> doing that."
2: Yeah, and and I appreciate you you mentioning the state am at Bonneville. One of my top memories and top moments throughout the arc of being privileged to work in Utah golf was Tess Blair's win at the State Am at Bonneville. When after she after she won it, we're standing on the sixteenth uh, green, and uh, she said, "I came here to find out if I was good enough to play with these players," and then she broke down in tears and said, "I guess I am." That's awesome. Uh, yes. Yes, Tess, you are.
0: She's just um, I, I I really liked following her career Yes and I got to play with her. I think she was the defending champ when that was up at Soldier Hollow and so I played in her, the group with her and it was and she was already at Sacramento State at the time and just what a thrill. I mean she was just so calm and just she's just so solid, just hits everything just pure. And doesn't worry about it. – it was impressive. I enjoyed that round a lot. Checks
3: the box of the Blair sisters as well. Yeah,
0: right? yeah exactly. Yeah. Of course, her sister, Serene,
2: has won a state open – a state am, I mean to say. Um, so the four wins that, that comprise the, the Women's Grand Slam are the state am that Tess won in 2018, the Mary Lou Baker Open. She won in 2021. The Women's Stroke Play Championship in 2022. And again in 2022, the Utah Women's Open. And, uh, that the,
3: tournament, the Utah section PGA has done such a fantastic such a job. job with this women's open event. matters. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, this is, this
2: is a good Hats thing. Hats off to Devin. But and again, exactly. just the ending
0: of that, I, just, I, I can't get no, a
2: highlight. That putt, I, I tell you, just it, amazing. it cannot be made. <laughs> I mean, you have oh, to think back on the PGA Tour it.
0: when – when Isao Aoki hold out to beat Jack Renner in yeah. Hawaii i mean it was yeah. just it's one of those kind of things like that doesn't happen uh-huh. and she and she did it and yeah. particularly
4: in the context where we're talking about she had a six stroke lead on yeah, the right. back nine and you're just saying oh yeah, poor she, Tess she, she, she threw
0: it away yeah
4: what am i going to ask her after she three putts and loses
2: <laughs> oh and, and you know back back to what you're saying when she, she covers her mouth and has the look of surprise her her dad knew what it was about, but Tess didn't. When we were talking yeah. to her afterwards, she says, "So I looked over at dad, and the question was, does that mean what I think it might mean?" And,
3: and, and her dad knew. Yeah, the, I love the picture that we have with that story, yeah, where yeah. you see the dad from behind uh, with his arms raised, <laughs> and and her smile is, you know, it's one of our favorite.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, Tess Blair we, completes
3: the. Uh, U-G- and I love UGA, I love, PGA Paul. I love the fact yeah. that it kind of mixes the UGA with the PGA. I like that too. Yeah, you know that's to me adds to the story. That I'm, you know, I'm I'm sure the PGA would love for a Utah section woman to to win this event. Um, but the fact that you know one of the state's best women amateurs has now accomplished that feat is is part of the history now. It totally
2: is, and one of the things I like about the the list of majors in utah is that it includes both amateur and professional events because the the amateurs and the pros play together uh, in a lot of events and a lot of obviously good players on both sides i i just like the whole thing and and um jan i think that that uh the, the women's game growing and becoming really significant and fun to follow as Randy noted, the women's stayed open. The, the Utah section, PGA, has brought about in the last, I'm going to say, four years. Is that right? Maybe five Five, five years?
4: There's actually been six. Oh, oh six geez.
2: years? Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> That's I'm, why we have yeah, <laughs> them. This, this counting thing is hard. Well, but no. Math is hard. Math is hard. But. The women's game is in a good place and on a really good arc, and Tess winning this thing is pretty cool.
1: It's very exciting. It's, and it's really exciting, I think, too, for our up-and-coming young uh, female golfers to, to see this and to know that this is attainable for them. I mean, well, not the exact thing, but just the opportunities for our young women to play.
2: Good stuff. All right, got to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to top it off, stories number two and number one. You are listening to Utah Golf Radio, teed up by the PJ Tour Superstore on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Paul and Jan on Utah Golf Radio here on ESPN 700.
2: Friend of the show, Brandon Flowers and the Killers, bringing us back. Utah Golf Radio, coming to you live today, counting down the top 10 Utah Golf Stories of the Year. Paul and Jan with you in studio with Kurt Craigthorpe, Randy Dodson, and Wesley Ruff. And uh, we, of course, are coming to you in partnership with Utah's leading golf organizations, the Utah Golf Association, the Utah Section PGA, Fairways Media, the Utah Golf Foundation, The Utah Golf Course Superintendents Association, the Utah Junior Golf Association, and First Tee Utah. This second hour of the show is brought to you by Stretch Zone at stretchzone.com, where you can go to arrange your free introductory stretch. And Jan, they now have five—count them—five stores, including down in Utah County as well. Stretch Zone. Got got gotta go do it. It'll it'll uh, make you feel better and help your game. Stretchzone.com. Uh, we are teed up, as always, by our good friends at the PJ Tour Superstore. So, appreciate the gang at the Superstore. Candyland for a golfer. And uh, anything and everything you need, and you know you do need it, go to the Superstore for it. We're down to our, or up to our top two stories of the year. We just finished at the end of the last segment on Tess Blair winning the Women's Slam Let's stay in the women's game, Jan. Yes, let's. <laughs> and uh, talk about story number two, Kelsey Chug, herself. That
1: was my story number
2: two. You had her at number two I when you I did your vote? had number two or number one. Okay. Kelsey Chug wins a fifth state AM at uh, what we will uh, default to as her home course at mm-hmm. the Ogden Country Club. Five state AM championships. Kelsey Chug, that's story number two in Utah golf this year. Pretty cool stuff.
1: It's very cool. I remember we um, got to play in the Women's uh, State Am Media Day. Yeah, and I distinctly remember calling you after and telling you, Kelsey's gonna win. <laughs> well, uh, do you remember this? Because yes, I, I do. And I something... said,
2: I said, C- come on, uh, make make a hard call. Well, no. <laughs> but I mean, it was
1: one of those things where she had been um, not playing as much, and there was, and we talked about this. There's a look in Kelsey's eye. When yeah. she, it, and and she hadn't had it, there wasn't that twinkle that she had before. But I'm telling you, at that lunch, she she I can I'm gonna win, well, and she knew it, it was yeah. fantastic.
2: When she goes into ice queen mode, uh, she, this, this, but this place, was at lunch, yeah. But this, <laughs> this, this place she goes for match play is pretty astonishing. And, and look, there are very few players in golf, period, but certainly in Utah golf. Uh, who have a match play record like hers. And as I've thought about it, Randy, I, I really think that this, this list, and I'm going to go to adopted Utahns for it, has to include Billy Casper and his Ryder Cup record. But Kelsey Chuggs' match play record between the state ams, plural, and the, the USGA mid-ams, plural, where she's won and been a finalist, um, her match play ability is off the charts. Doug Bybee, right? Okay, hey, Doug yeah, Bybee yeah. is another one because he got three state amps, yeah. two finals. Yeah, so Doug Bybee has to be on that list, of course.
3: And, and the cool thing is, is she's got years to come. Mm-hmm. She's young. Yeah. I, what's the record? Eight. Yes. Kurt? I look at Kurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> know, he, know, he would like know. Look at Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's you have to think that's within her reach. Yes, she did. But I thought
0: she was done. i I agree with you. The yeah. last couple of years it you know she just
1: she, she didn't, have, didn't the, have it. It wasn't done. There was something well, missing. And with we, all
0: the young people coming yeah, up, yeah, like really yeah. you know, the Berlin Long, mm-hmm. Aiden Long um Tess Blood, all, all the young kids, I I thought she was I I, I thought she'd won her last one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, we talked about that with her afterwards and she said that she found her joy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there there was a little bit of a Maybe a, a pressure that fell on her after she won the USJ National Championship in the, the Mid-Am. Um, expectations become higher from outside sources. They become higher internally on oneself. Um, but she said she found her joy again. And, man, if you do that and you're playing with freedom... When great players play with freedom, that's when they do great things. And that's where Kelsey Chug is.
0: Even when she wasn't winning, though, she was still finishing in the top. Yeah. two to be in the semifinals right, of the right. state. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and she was in the finals. The, yeah. in, well, yeah. well but, but all along the way, I was going to say, and was in the finals with Grace Summerhays mm-hmm. up at Soldier a couple years yep. ago. So One um, for the
0: thumb.
1: Yep. One
3: for the thumb. Yep.
1: I well, now she's Cinco people, spicy.
3: I kept telling people at Ogden during the event, I, I said, it's hard to beat kelsey and destiny <laughs>
1: you know when she's <laughs> going time.
3: for a record and and she's at her home course and there's just too much there for and um you know her, i forgot her opponent's name uh, Adeline uh, yeah, yeah. adeline adeline anderson yeah who was in the i final, played huh? awesome yes, yeah she, oh, she played very she well did. yes you know, there's no there's no reason in my mind other than destiny that mm-hmm. that um she didn't win you know so yeah, and Anderson came out of the box hot. She she eagled hole number and for, one. Yeah, kind of an unknown in right? Utah circles yeah. being a, a transplant to, you know, a BYU player. And, mm-hmm. But um yeah, I I didn't see anybody mm-hmm. else other than Kelsey winning the women's state am this year. Anderson
2: is a bit of an interesting point on on that. She was the medalist the year before at Oak Ridge and then got beat in the in the opening round by Whitney Bantz, if you remember that. Yeah. But then this year she was not medalist, but she makes it to the final. But she ran into history, like like
3: you say, Randy. Yeah. I mean she took her all the way, right? I mean it was okay. Know, let's talk about the eighteenth the 18th 18th hole. Uh, was unbelievable. That eighteenth hole. But you have to back up to the and Kelsey oh, will yeah. will admit to the shank out of the out of the sand trap to to make it go to eighteen. Exactly. We you know have plenty of photos and one of she our she shanked it. Oh, my gosh. It was not pretty. I'm so sorry to use the term, but <laughs> we have plated Bladed out of a bunker. Uh, that, that there, which there's there's the golf journalist Kurt coming through where I'm a hack and I call it a shank. <laughs> but, um, you know, we have a great photo of it, and her face is just like this unbelief that the ball is going straight right <laughs> rather than at the hole. Um, but, yeah, but 18, the fact that her ball stayed up Let's on that talk about par that. three— Yes. At Ogden is just unbelievable. Okay,
2: we we all know number eighteen at Ogden. Just to reset the stage, the 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 T and the green basically on the same level. The green slightly higher than the T, but in between them is fifty feet down. Ogden and Canyon. fifty feet back up. <laughs> and the the front and the right side of the eighteenth green in Ogden is the steepest biggest stretch of steep ground you're ever going to see that's cultivated it's, it's death
0: if you miss the green and,
2: and, and if you miss it by a little it rolls yeah. all the way to the bottom so kelsey hits her t shot pin is back right she hits her t shot um middle of the green but short and it backs up a little bit i was standing on the back of the green and you know there's there's a bit of a bit of a fall off on the front <clears throat> and from the back you cannot see the front and her ball spins back a little bit not with a lot of pace but it spins back and i'm thinking that's at the bottom of the hill and so I kind of go running around to the side to see if I can get a look on it. But it hung up in the fringe. It, it, it could have only been one spin from going to the bottom of the hill, but it stayed up on top. And that turned out to be a real difference that makes a difference. She knocks it up by the pin, but past the pin, four feet by, and the right side of that back part of the 18th green has a lot of slope to it and a lot of pace. So she's got a four-foot putt with six, eight inches of break in it for the state. With history on the line. Yeah, for the state, (laughs) for the fifth state. Her her thumb was
3: probably numb (laughs) at at this point.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so this actually, certainly in the context of this year in terms of of great putts that made a difference. This is there in the conversation did you go out and practice players. that one? I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't go do that one. That would have taken me but, twenty minutes. <laughs> but but we did we did talk with Kelsey about it. And I said, Kelsey, do you make that putt every time? She goes, Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh and if she if she misses it and it's got any pace at all,
1: yeah, it, it it's gone. A yeah.
2: What a but finish. she jarred it. But she jarred it to to have the hole win the match and uh, it was a great putt and it 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 was a great win Kelsey Chug five state am championships
0: was this the first time that that has ever been the state the finals for the women's state am has been streamed live because you did the you I did the live streaming yeah Yeah. I I was first time right I think so yeah I I enjoyed listening you did a great job that was fun listening to it thank you that's first part of the round
2: it, it was fun. It was, yeah, it, was it, nice. it was fun. And, uh, and and like I said... I mean, was, how
0: cool is that that women's golf now gets to a point where people are interested enough that they're going to stream it and you can yeah, listen well, to
2: it? Yeah, well, so we stream it on, on the Utah Golf Association's Instagram. And of course, the, the live stream on Instagram has a function where people's comments will, will scroll up uh, from the bottom. The point being that that even, even though I was busy and couldn't really engage with most of the comments, what I did see out of, the, out of the corner of my eye the whole time was a lot of activity. And there were a lot of people watching. Good. There, your point, Wesley. There were a lot of people engaged in this Women's State Good. Am. They understood, Randy, the history. They understood that Kelsey was on the verge of something very, very special. But- they're following the game, and it's it's a cool thing. We'll be doing more of that next year.
1: I was going to say, I hope you will, because yeah. that's something we were talking about, too, is people love watching the LPGA, and they love watching women golfers, but the challenge is is that it costs money to watch it. If they made it available and made it free, then wouldn't more people watch it?
2: Yeah, yeah, probably so. Probably so. I I, I find the game
3: compelling. A I lot of too. great players. And um, you got to think Kelsey's got another eight years.
1: Oh, yeah. To- She's only
3: 31. Yeah. Yeah, she's young. I, I get it. Yeah. But there's a lot of people coming behind her that <laughs> are going to compete. Oh, um, well, that's
2: true. You, awesome. meant, you mentioned Berlin Long, Aiden Long, Tess Blair is still an amateur. Um, yeah, yeah, It's There's there's great players out there.
3: It'll be fun to see what happens. Yeah,
2: I think I think Allie Mohall is one that we have. We have to to keep an eye on. See Walk her climb, break what's, the
3: record. What's Arden?
0: Arden, 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 Arden. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's some good players, really good players. Yeah,
2: she's going to Nebraska. I. Mm. I uh ran into her uh she was down at golf the round where our first tea office is and I saw her there went out and talked to her for a few minutes. Uh she's al- <laughs> it was great. She's already branded up. She's wearing Nebraska <laughs> stuff. She's on her way to Nebraska. She's gonna play in a good conference uh in a at a really strong school and
3: uh it's yeah, crazy it's gonna... that we haven't even mentioned Leela. Oh we haven't <laughs> <in> Lila, for <laughs> heaven's sake, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> you know Kelsey's got a great shot at kind of breaking the record or trying to break the record, but there's a lot of competition. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Leland Aliyei, of course, a state am champ. She beat Berlin Long in the final at Oak Ridge. Um, Speaking of putts that were tough, (laughs) that putt that Leland Aliyei made on 17, it would still be rolling today (laughs) if she didn't get the back of the hole. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, story number two in Utah golf this year, Kelsey Chug earns her fifth Stay down Championship, and if Boy. it
3: wasn't for our number one, easily Kelsey could have. Yep, I would have. Yep. would have been the yep. number yep. one story.
2: Absolutely. Okay, and uh, we need to. Uh, I've I've kind of spent the spent the clock. Uh, we need to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, talk about the number one story. We all know what it is. Tony Finau wins three times on the PJ Tour. The number alert. one story. Spoiler yeah, alert. who doesn't know that? <laughs> but we got to take a quick break. You are listening to Utah Golf Radio on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN Seven Hundred.
0: You're listening to Utah Golf Radio on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. She's a good
4: girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus, and America too. She's a good girl, She's crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend too.
2: Yeah, Utah Golf Radio. Coming back at you, putting a wrap on a really fun show where we put a wrap on the year. Working through the top ten stories in Utah golf this year with Wesley Ruff, Randy Dodson, and Kurt Craigthorpe. Paul and Jan coming to you from the Intergalactic Headquarters, the mothership here at the studios, the Broadway Media Studios of ESPN 700 in partnership with Utah's leading golf organizations and brought to you by our second hour, brought to you by the Stretch uh, StretchZone, StretchZone.com. And uh, everybody, uh, we've worked ourselves through some really great stories and uh, all the way to number one. And uh, we've got just a few minutes to talk about Tony Finau and the great year that he had. But uh, Tony Finau wins his third, his fourth, and his fifth pj tour event um and joins uh joins just two other players of native utah golf history george von elm and billy johnston each of whom have five pj tour wins billy uh or uh, tony finau now has five himself and uh his is the number one story of utah golf in 2022 tony finau with five pj tour titles and uh he went on a sizz, Randy, he well, answered it, it, all the it's questions.
3: It's fun to finally, I mean, we. how long have we been saying the floodgates will open yep. for Tony? Yep. And they did. Once and it they, happens. Yeah, and then they finally did. Um,
1: and it really did. Yeah. It was the floodgate. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just one. Yeah, he won,
2: won two in a row, of course, in, in Minnesota and in Detroit, and, and was in the mix from Thursday morning on in both of those. And uh, so a dominant stretch. And then on, on the uh, not only on the calendar but also on his schedule, he wins again the third one um, and in seven starts. So he wins three tournaments in seven
0: starts. Uh, Back that up a year because you could in, in a year he won four in a year because of the Boston, Northern yeah. Trust.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it uh, yeah, th- which was his second Wesley, of course. But um, uh, you're right, Randy. We've been and and everybody, not just us here in Utah, but throughout the golf ecosphere tony of course had all those top tens and a whole bunch of second places and even the the heartbreaking loss at the genesis at the great riviera when he got beat by what i think was the greatest shot hit on tour that year when max homa was chipping out from the under the tree on number 10 the incredible iconic number 10 hole at riviera and she had had no business chipping it onto the green from where he was and he homa hit it to two feet to beat Tony in the playoffs. there
3: was probably this collective what? Yeah, really, right? <laughs> Out of Utah golf when that <laughs> when that shot was pulled off, or a sigh, or you know, turn off the TV, or <laughs> Sense of defeat, I
2: can't watch this anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but all these things along the way, Kurt, and all these top tens, all these second places, and as Randy said, we all expected when the when when he when he breaks through that the the flood will come, and it did.
4: Yeah, and, you, and the other one near miss to throw in there is the Canadian Open where oh, right. he lost to McElroy right. th- this summer, and so that re- preceded the the great run he went on. And it, it's it's you have to put it in the context of live golf uh, thinning out the the PGA Tour depth of and quality of field a little bit that that played into it, and and it, and the tournaments he won were were at times of the year when. Top players are taking some vacations. So there, there's a semi-asterisk associated with these tournaments, but the argument for it being a great performance is how he dominated those tournaments. You talked dominated. about him. Yeah. One of them literally was Wired Wire, mm-hmm. uh, Houston. And uh, the guy that calculates strokes gained on the PGA Tour and and, and therefore is, determines which were the greatest performances of the year counting that Canadian open. He said that Tony had four of the top six tournament performances of the year and he won the three by an average of four shots. So that defeats the argument I raised about the fields, not being (laughs) that great. If he, if he is far and away the best player that week from start to finish, that validates those wins. And, and, and I don't, we, t- we talked about it, Brady McKinley and, and, and whoever else wins tournaments. It, it, they're hard to win. Yeah. And, uh, and so for, for Tony to, to get on that roll and and, and play and finish off the tournaments the way he did was, was truly impressive.
2: All right. That's so well said. We've got just a couple minutes left. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's go around the table here, Jan. Start with you. What are you most looking forward to next year?
1: Well, playing, obviously, but well, <laughs> seeing all of these um, up-and-comers and seeing these kids that are coming from high school going into college and seeing their collegiate careers and just kind of watching the landscape of all of our juniors and our young amateurs.
2: Okay, very good. Wesley, what are you looking for next year?
0: More people to join Tony on the tour. Oh, mm, that's that's on the yes. edge.
2: That's right? coming up. Yep. You
3: are so yeah. right about that. Okay. More Utons.
2: More Utons. Mm-hmm.
3: Randy, what do you think? I I think one of the highlights for us will be the 125th Utah State Amateur, which will be back the at Salt Club. Lake
2: Country Club this yes, summer. that will be um, amazing. One of the things with that is that the field will be re- the qualifying field will be reduced from 256 to 132, and um, that that's going to make it much much more difficult to qualify and get into the field. But that's all right. Kurt, what do you look for next year?
4: I think I go back to Kelsey Chug uh, in the. Women's Stadium at Jeremy Ranch. And I think Kelsey is the most compelling figure in all of Utah tournament golf because at age 31, there's just not that demographic of women's top female golfers. And for her to compete against these college and high school players is, is going to be a big story for the next decade.
2: It will. It will at that. All right. Uh, keep your eye on the kids. I'm looking forward to watching these young players come up. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Randy. Thank you for making this happen. Wesley, Kurt, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. On behalf of our entire crew today, this is Paul Pugmire saying don't jab it like Jan.
1: <laughs> this is Jan Brownstein reminding you to chug it, not pug it.
2: Well said. Thank you for listening. This is Utah Golf Radio, teed up by the PJ Tour Superstore on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.